please check out my website to follow me on all my latest TV appearances, Paracons, and my upcoming 2021 lecture tour. Also, follow me on social media at Jeremy Leonard, the Cajun Demonologist on Facebook, or the Cajun Ministry on Facebook. Also, Instagram and Twitter under Jeremy Leonard, the Cajun Demonologist. And thank all of you for your support. Existing just beyond the boundaries of our comprehension, there lies an unseen world. A world that exists just beyond the veil of darkness. A world that should be left undisturbed. You're listening to the Cajun Demonology Podcast. of destruction sent against us and I expose all demonic forces as weakened, defeated enemies of Christ. I stand with the power of Lord God Almighty to bind all enemies of Christ, gather all demonic entities under their one and highest authority. I command the spirits to go to the foot of the cross for judgment, to never again return. Their assignments and influences are over. With the power of the Lord Almighty, I call forth the heavenly host, Saint Michael the Archangel, and all the holy angels of God. Surround us, protect us, and cleanse us with God's holy light. You are bound and you are to shut up when we tell you to go. You will go and not return. You cannot call upon Satan or any other demonic powers to assist you. We seal off this building by the authority we have in Christ our Lord. Get out. You cannot come. Return by any means. We have covered ourselves and this place we occupy with the, with the full protection and the full healing powers of the precious blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for tuning in to the Cajun Demonologist Podcast. I am your host, the Cajun Demonologist. We are broadcasting live deep in the bayous and the swamps of southern Louisiana. We are continuing our coverage of our countdown to Christmas Day. We are now only eight days away from Christmas. I'd like to take a moment and share something with you guys. The past 24 hours has been really hard for me as well as many people here in southern Louisiana. A dear friend has had a family tragedy occur within the past 24 hours. So I ask that you please take a moment with me in silence for my dear friend and his family. Thank you all. 
So in today's episode, we are going to discuss exorcisms and deliverances. How do you prepare yourself for one? What are the components to performing an exorcism and a deliverance? And also, what is the difference between an exorcism and a deliverance? So we're going to start with understanding the language of an exorcism or a deliverance. There are certain key words that must be said out loud when performing a exorcism or deliverance. So let's start with the very definition of exorcism. An adjuration addressed to evil spirits to force them to abandon an object, place, or a person. Technically a ceremony used in both, both Jewish and Christian traditions to expel demons from a person who has come under their power. Now, let's talk about the Catholic's rite of exorcism. So, the meaning of rite of exorcism is exactly what it says. It is a rite. So, we must understand that demons have to have a legal right to someone. So, the concept of doing the rite of exorcism is to break whatever rite a demonic entity may have with a person. So let me explain this so we don't get lost from the get-go. So demons cannot just enter into someone's life without being invited in. Now, how does one invite a demonic entity into their lives? Well, it's simple. Dabbling in the occult, communicating with spirits, and so on. So I'll give you an example. When communicating with spirits, we see a lot of this in the paranormal field. You have paranormal investigators that, for one, are doing EVP sessions in their home. Now, your home is going to be your sanctuary, the place that you feel safe. Well, when you are communicating with spirits, in general, you may think you are actually talking to a loved one that has passed away, when in fact, you are being deceived. You are talking to a demonic entity that is, you are talking to a demonic entity that is pretending to be the loved one that has passed away. And yes, these entities will know things about the loved one who has crossed over to the other side. Now, the reason to do this is because if you think you're talking to a loved one, you are going to be more open to asking personal questions about yourself or your family. Now, when you do that, you are opening yourself up and, in fact, inviting a demonic entity into your life by your own free will. The human free will plays an important part in the demonic world. See, demons cannot do anything against our free will. They are, in fact, bound by certain rules that they must abide by, and these rules cannot be broken or manipulated. It is called the heavenly law. So when someone either intentionally or unintentionally invites a demonic entity into their home, you will have what you call an infestation. Now, an infestation is pretty much like a normal haunting. However, an infestation tends to get really destructive really fast because the entity itself is on a mission at this point. You see, demons do not haunt homes. They haunt people. Earthbound spirits haunt homes, not demonic entities. So the second stage is oppression. Now the entity has sought out who it wishes to eventually gain possession over. So now all the hauntings in the home revolves around this particular person. When this person is not in the home, the home is quiet. When the person is when the person is in the home, there is a lot of activity going on. 
So what the entity is trying to do at this point is break that person down spiritually, mentally, physically, and emotionally. Completely isolate that person and do what? Break their will so that they will submit to possession. Alright, so now that we have established a general understanding on how possession occurs in the first place, now we can get into the language and the literature of the exorcism itself. Now, the whole purpose of an exorcism or a deliverance is to, in fact, break whatever right the entity has in the first place. Now, this has to occur in order to expel the entity. If you do not break the specific right that the entity has, then it has a right to continue to inhabit that person. So, exorcism rituals or deliverance rituals are specifically designed to break each and every individual key or component that would give the entity a right to inhabit the person in the first place. Now, when it comes to deliverance, there are many variations of rituals that can be used. However, when it comes to the rite of the Catholic or the Catholic rite of exorcism, there is only one set of rituals. Now, as for me, I prefer to write my own set of rituals, and I will get into the reasoning behind this a little bit later in the podcast. There are certain words or language that must be implemented in any deliverance or exorcism. So we are going to go over some of the key words or phrases that must take place and the definition behind them. Using the word binding spirits or binding Satan essential when performing an exorcism or deliverance. So the concept of binding Satan or spirits is to restrict the work of the devil or Satan. It means to cause him to have less ability to decrease the power of to prevent his success. The phrase is used mostly in the Christian theology dealing with spiritual warfare where Christians in prayer ask the Lord to bind Satan in order to accomplish a spiritual good deed. Unfortunately, some Christians mistakenly pray to Satan when they are undertaking spiritual battle. Sometimes they will address the evil spirit and ask the spirit for its name. Look, you should never address an entity direct if all possible. I, for instance, never ever ask for the name because I do not need the name. When you ask the entity for the name, you are giving it the opportunity to divert your attention. As well as addressing the entity head on, you are giving the entity power. However, you may ask, would there ever be a time when it is appropriate to address the evil spirit directly? And I say yes. Only if he were to manifest in a person, then it is not a prayer to him, but a direct address. And even if that were to occur, the proper response is found in scripture, considering where Michael the archangel had an encounter with the devil. But Michael the archangel, when he disputed with the devil and argued about the body of Moses, did not dare pronounce against him in a railing judgment, but said the Lord rebuke you. Which leads us to our next word, the word rebuke. This is also a very important word when performing spiritual warfare. The word rebuke means that you have been 
reprimanded, or scald. The word rebuke can be a verb meaning to simply reprimand or scald, but it can also be a noun because a rebuke is the result of being scald. So the opposite of rebuke would be a pause, or approval, or endorsement, or praise. So now let's take these two words and put it in practical use in a sentence form that you may have in a deliverance or exorcism. All right, we're going to start with bind. I stand with the power of the Lord God Almighty to bind Satan and all his evil spirits, demonic forces, satanic powers, principalities, along with all the kings and princes of terror. So with that passage, basically what we are saying is restraining or taking away his ability to, to accomplish his mission. We are basically binding them, which is like stripping them of their power or imprisoning them. So let's use rebuke in a sentence. And if by these things you are not turned to me, but act with hostility against me, then I will act with hostility against you, and I will rebuke you. You know the perception that I always use with the word or phrase rebuke is, it's basically a shun, right? It's a way to shun them and show that they have no authority. It's getting time to take a little break, ladies and gentlemen. Fasten that seat belt. Sit tight. We will be right back after these messages from our sponsors. Need a new computer and can't afford one? How about a brand new DJI Phantom drone? Or maybe you would like a brand new outdoor patio furniture set? Wait a minute. Did this guy just say brand new computer and drone? Say what? Well, if that's you, then check us out on Facebook at Jeremy's World of Raffle Mayhem. We got big raffles, we got small raffles, we got raffles of all shapes and sizes. What are you waiting for? A new pony? All funds raised through the raffle goes to funding the Cajun Ministry. The Cajun Ministry is a nonprofit organization. Are you interested in learning demonology? Or are you just curious about the subject? I now offer an online demonology and spiritual warfare 101 course. Throughout this course, you will gain the knowledge that you need to successfully combat the forces of darkness. For more information, message me on Facebook at Jeremy Leonard or email me at ghostquestparanormal at ymail.com. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. So when we use the term spiritual warfare, I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people don't quite understand the meaning of what spiritual warfare is. So spiritual warfare is exactly as it is stated. It is purely spiritual, which means that the battle between the exorcist and the entity takes place spiritually, which would be mind, body, and soul. So then you may ask, then why do we say a set of rituals or prayers out loud? Well, it's quite simple, really. You see, the entity itself is purely spiritual. However, it is affecting the physical world in which we live in. So the right 
has to be broke first in the spiritual sense. Then it has to be broken in the physical sense. And I'm going to explain this. So one of the most mind-boggling things that I witness is when I see people call out or challenge a demonic entity. And I give you an example. You want to pick on somebody? Come and pick at me. Say what? Dude, you need to keep drinking that Kool-Aid. Do you realize how acidine that is? I mean, are you truly insane? Are you that ill-informed? I mean, do you truly think? Matter of fact, what do you think you can do to this entity? Absolutely nothing. But what it can do to you? <laughs> Let me just share a little story with you guys. So, if you listen to one of my previous podcasts, then you know when referring to the Stinson case, which is the case that actually led me down the path of spiritual warfare, I witnessed with my own two eyes a preacher that was about six foot two, weighed probably about 325 pounds. I watched this man get slammed to the ground by something that wasn't there and it held him down for about five minutes well not five minutes five seconds my bad and I witnessed this man screaming in complete terror so let that sink in for a minute that is just to give you an idea of the power that these entities have even in the physical realm that we live in Look, I was exercising a house one time, and I had a washing machine fly across the room at me, okay? Do you realize what type of strength or power that takes, especially coming from something that is spiritual, that doesn't have a human body? I mean, think about this. As the old saying goes, when you play with matches, you're going to get burned. Don't let your ego get in the only chance that you have of winning the battle is making sure the battle takes place in the spiritual realm. And I will say this, as an exorcist, you can never lose. These entities, they can lose, and then they'll just go somewhere else. But you, you have to win every time. So think about the burden you carry with that. So in order to win the battle, you must understand this. As an exorcist on both planes, the spiritual plane and the physical plane. So, when you think about the word spiritual, what part of you would you say is spiritual? It would be your thoughts. You see, your thoughts is the purely spiritual part of your existence. That's what makes me different than you, you different than me, and so on. Now, when we think our thoughts subconsciously or consciously, you visualize what you're thinking. So, when you do that, you are taking something from a pure spiritual state, and now you are transferring it or manifesting it into the physical world or the physical reality in which we live in. So let me put this in perspective. When I engage in spiritual warfare, I visualize, because visualization is very powerful especially when it pertains to spiritual warfare. I'm going to tell you why. The key to being successful is 100% truly believing in what you're doing. Now, when you visualize what you are doing, it becomes more real to you, okay? So, 
you are at that point walking on the spiritual side. When you engage in combat with these entities, I visualize everything I want to happen. When I call upon the archangels, I visualize them coming down, pulling their swords, and preparing for battle. Okay? When I am binding an entity through rituals, I am imagining me binding them. Everything that I do and everything that I want to take place, that is where the battle is won. Now, with this being said, it's a lot easier said than done, and I'm going to tell you why. You see, these entities are smart. They know exactly what you're doing. So they are going to try to do anything and everything they can to distract you. Because when they distract you, guess what? They are taking you away from that spiritual side of yourself and putting you back into the physical world. Now by them doing that, they are taking away whatever traction you are gaining at that moment. Remember, it's all about momentum. It's basically the will of the exorcist against the will of the entity. Who will prevail? Who? Now the question becomes, if, if the battle takes place in the spirit, then what's the point of saying rituals? Well, again, the entity is a spiritual being, correct? but it is affecting the physical world, okay? So think of the term, what's done on earth shall be done in heaven. So we combat the entity in the spiritual sense. Then we break verbally because it's being affected in the physical world by rituals. Now, as you guys may have heard me say earlier in the podcast that I prefer to write my own set of rituals. See, the reason being is because when I write my own, I'm putting myself into it. I'm thinking of what I wanted to say in the spiritual sense, right? And then I am writing it on a piece of paper, which means symbolically I am transferring my pure spiritual thoughts and manifesting them onto a piece of paper in the form of writing that I will repeat out loud in the physical world when I am performing the ritual. And when I do this, I don't have to worry about the notion of believing because I in fact wrote it. It came from my heart. So of course I 100% believe in it. So now all I have to focus on is authority. Unfortunately, we have ran out of time for today, but we will continue this discussion on our next. Episode. I visualize it.